This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Garden of Sound, I'm your host Ian Turner. On today's show, a fantastically talented producer and artist in his own right, Wolfie. But first, if you're listening live on Plains FM, or perhaps in advance on gardenofsound.nz, then we're just hours away from Garden of Sound Live at the Exchange Cafe. Tickets are still available, it's just a 10 plus booking, or there will be door sales too. For that you get three amazing bands, Lotus, Dear No One and Malenko just released their debut EP Sly Dog they're pumped for the gig you can book right now at eventbrite.com searching for Garden of Sound or you can just follow the links from gardenofsound.nz but get in right now to save some cash on the door the final reminder Garden of Sound Live is tonight from 7pm at the Exchange Cafe on Wilson's Road today I'm talking to Wolfie He's been part of the Black Fox Trio, and he assures me he doesn't have a canine thing going on. He's a graduate of ARA Music Arts. He's toured the country with a punk rock suffragette. He's produced an absolute banger for Prins, but is New Zealand big enough for what Wolfie wants to achieve? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Wolfie on Plains FM 96.9. Can you tell me about the first memory of music in your life, the very first? I, if I think as far back as I can, I probably think back to car rides to school and back when, isn't that weird how like I'm 26 and yet cassettes were our main currency for a long time. So we had cassette tapes and we would listen to whatever mum and dad had. So probably early memories would be, yeah, going to school when I was in probably primary school I can't quite remember the age but it probably was like year five year six listening to anywhere from yellow which were um, a duo who got did like some of the first sort of main sampling electronic sort of stuff but they were really cool they were rocky and then we had even Barry White in there <laughs> I can't remember all the artists but it was it was quite eclectic like um People like Yes, um, and then their offshoots, their solo projects, and then listening to jazz and stuff. So that's it's all kind of like a faint memory of like hearing these. And there's these artists that I've forgotten now that I would know the words to if I heard them that we used to listen to in the car and, we'd have, and everyone would sing in the car and stuff. So were your parents musical? Yes. Um, I would say dad was a music enthusiast. And mum was actually, like, she worked at the art centre before she had us kids. So she was, like, right into actually working in the arts and music industry. And then dad was um, just an enthusiast, loved rock and loved turned out, like, putting records on and listening. So, uh, But neither of them played or performed? Mum did piano and could sing. And mum is still singing today, so she's been in, a, in the Christchurch Choir for years and so she's probably the most yeah i would say she's the musical one and i think dad learned piano when he was really young but he wouldn't know anything now <laughs> so when did you start uh learning instruments mum made us learn piano when we were younger and i'm so thankful we did that over recorder so i would probably say 
when I was nine, I probably started learning piano. I think I did it for two years um, before I moved to middle school. And then I was like, no, music is lame. I want to do middle school stuff. And were there any other um, instruments along the way, perhaps before you uh, reached uh, ARA Music Arts? We always had a guitar sitting there, but I never really knew how to play it or touch it. I think it just sat there. Um, so it was pretty much piano. Um, that's as much as I can remember. When Why I was do young. you think you didn't pick up the guitar at that young age? I think because, well, I probably bashed on it or plucked a string, but one, it was never, it was just sitting there in the corner because it was like an heirloom from our granddad. So I don't think it was restrung or anything. But also a piano was probably the easiest thing. It sits there in the house, you know, a big upright piano, and you can see the keys and you touch two and they make a sound. So I think it was more that that was approachable and easy to get something out of when you're an inquisitive kid something like that is interesting right whereas a guitar once you've sort of strummed them for a little bit it was kind of like uh so but yeah I honestly don't remember when I was learning piano at that young age if I actually touched the guitar or not tell me about teachers along the way is there anyone that sort of stood out in your mind somebody that you you remember or you maybe appreciate more than you did at the time I was pretty much alone in my music upbringing in school. So we did have a teacher who's called Mr. Bennett's. And he, the, I think what was, he was sort of the influence in a way. He was in, really into jazz, but he did like rock as well. So that helped in a little bit. Um, so he wanted us to kind of channel our own style, which was nice. But I would say I've probably had a less conventional music upbringing and that I didn't have a group of friends who were like, we're all going to just do this together. I had two other friends who liked rock and that sort of thing. And they played different instruments and none of us knew anything about our instruments. <laughs> so my influences didn't really happen till I left high school, I don't think. Was there any desire? You didn't know much about your instruments, but did you want to form a band? I, As soon as I got onto the guitar, then I started having those big daydreaming of like oh we're gonna be in a band and we're just gonna get famous and we're gonna do all that stuff you know it's all we do at high school i'm sure um and so we wanted to do smoke free rock quest and all that sort of stuff so we had a trio and we would annoy mr bennett's every lunchtime in there playing the same two metallica songs or the same iron maiden song or the same system of a down song or something um and it would just be the three of us playing and then um go and jam at each other's houses and yeah so that was the, the classic like muso middle high school sort of thing yeah so what was your first rock quest experience not bad actually but i think the problem was is that i'd never really performed original stuff in front of anyone because i was way too shy and embarrassed to show my parents or other people so we did rock quest at i think it was called was it the old civic in town near on manchester street you could fit sort of 900 people in there if you really squashed it um, and that was cool. We went up on stage and we sung as a three-piece and I had played acoustic. Um, we didn't get anywhere, but the feedback was like, you got a cool vibe, but you can't sing in tune. <laughs> How did you take that? Um, I've, all, my, I've always taken things pretty brutally because I'm very hard on myself. So I took that pretty hard at the start, but I think having people like my mum and others around they were pretty good with the advice like they pretty much said you wrote it too high for yourself you know it was wasn't in your range so that wasn't bad but then yeah i sort of 
decided after that I was I was a rubbish singer. I was never going to be a singer. And so I needed to find someone who could sing. And where is your singing at today? If you fast forward to now, I've been through uh, nearly ruining it for life. <laughs> through wanting to be a rock singer when I started at jazz school. Because that's all I'd grown up on, right? I wanted to be James Hetfield and have his voice. Or wanted to be Matt Bellamy who had his operatic voice. Um, and now I would say that I am a singer because I have good ears and I worked my butt off to sing in tune because you have to like, for me, I had to have someone teach me how to be in tune. If that makes sense. Who was that teacher? Uh, probably Scott Taitoko, mm -hmm. who is the theory tutor at jazz school, but trombonist who plays everywhere here. And just like honing in what, because the, he did theory and then the offshoot of that was oral. So listening to intervals and all that sort of stuff, right? But then actually he started that, but then going back to artists that I'd listened to for years and not really listened to how they were singing and actually just singing the way their voice allowed them to sing, you know, not, not trying to sing like someone else. Especially not trying to sing like someone else with effects piled yeah. over and over, which you can't achieve naturally. And you know what's funny about it is it took me to get to, 21 22 at jazz school to realize that you can't just decide what singer you want to be like your voice has limitations and i know it sounds weird but sometimes especially for me because i probably overthink things to the point where it confuses it more than it should <laughs> um i didn't even realize that my voice was built a certain way and then it makes so much sense when it clicks <laughs> yeah you talked about a number of influences, um, Heavier, Metallica, uh, Iron Maiden. You have mentioned Matt Bellamy as well. Is there a track from any one of those artists that you like to play right now? Well, I think if we were to look at some of the heavier stuff that influenced me, probably Stockholm Syndrome, I think, would be good. That's by Muse. Any particular reason for that track? It's got a real mixture of heavy, but melodic. And that's always been something that I think I've connected to, which is probably why they've been my favorite band for a long time when they were it was like you had these heavy guitars which i could relate to because that's what i wanted to do but awesome rhythm lots of melody lots of layers to listen to <laughs>
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Wolfie on Plains FM 96.9. I want to talk about gigs and concerts and exciting things you've been along to, or at least shelled out some dollars for. What was the first gig that you attended? I think, funny enough, a Muse concert. I think mum and dad bought me a ticket. Um, that was when it was maybe $70 for a ticket. That's a lot of money. It'll probably be now like 130 80 or something that was they'd just finished they'd just released black holes so that was the first time they'd been here i think it was probably the bad and the good thing but bad because there was like no other band playing in christchurch could top that being my first experience you know so everything after that had to either be better or worse <laughs> that's probably what rocketed a lot of my daydreaming like seeing being able to go to a show with thousands of people there that young age and seeing a band who I admired, but probably didn't understand as much as I do now play. Because that back then it was just the four of them, because I've got that accompanist who always plays piano, and it was just a rock band. And that was cool. This is a tough one, and I don't mean to do any muso down, because we all have our good days and our bad days. What would be the most disappointing gig you've been to? I was really bored watching Motley Crue. (laughs) But I think it's probably because I didn't, enjoy a lot of their music on their albums anyway but alice cooper opened and he killed it (laughs) advice wise you're at a tender age of 26 but i'm sure some other stuff has happened is there stuff that you you wish you'd gotten into earlier or done differently even at this early stage i always wonder about that but then i think back to high school and was like you really can't wish on stuff that you didn't have the opportunity to access so I didn't have a year a year level who of I didn't have five other guitarists around me who were like, You need to try this, you need to jam this with me. I only had me and Pantera, you know? I only had watching YouTube or back then we only had the startings of Ultimate Guitar, um, the tab site. And I only had myself to kind of learn, you know? So I don't know. I think back if I could say anything think anything, I just would have wished I wasn't as afraid and put things into action quicker than being than just dreaming about it so you know like going into rock quest not doing well and thinking well that's the end i'm not worth anything and just pushing forward having that actual rock attitude of like screw you i'm just going to keep going (laughs) so i don't know it's i honestly don't think now that i look back at it that there's anything i could have done a lot differently other than just be a bit more aggressive in what I want. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that, you know. So is that what the advice you would impart to, to those young folks starting out, perhaps doing their first rock quest or wanting to? Yeah, I would. I mean, I've always been very cynical about competitions with music because it's all subjective. And the fact that someone tells you that they think you're rubbish because they don't like your genre in the first place. You know, if you're going to have some teacher um, who only likes classical music he's gonna or jazz he's gonna love the band that plays jazz but the metal guys he's gonna think are a waste of time and it's not helpful to hear that stuff so i would i would pass on advice that a music competition like smoke free rock quest is better to gain experience playing in front of a crowd than to actually worry about the prize because you are what 15 and if you think that that's the height of your musical career and that someone tells you you're not gonna do well because of a 15 year old competition you know you if you're going to stop there it's it's kind of the end you got to go oh this is the start you know 
Let's talk about music. I will just jump in <laughs> there and let's talk about yeah. favorite favorite bits of music. Um, is there anything um, that you've loved for a long time or you're really into at the moment? It tends to come and go a lot and, and like comes in waves because I'd say, yeah, the rock side started and so therefore it'll always be there. Um, I've loved folk artists and actually someone that I still have time of day for is John Mayer. I know he's got some polar fan bases because he can be very sappy, but that boy knows how to play. <laughs> and he's someone that I'll always come back to, like listen to his album Continuum um, and still hear emotion that I aspire to have in my guitar playing every day. And his lyrics are incredible. Like in that album, it's just like everything was poetry. It said exactly what I couldn't say, but my heart wanted to say, if that makes sense. When you got and so he's definitely someone that changed my perception from just hitting hard <laughs> to someone who was like, I've got the time of day to sing what's going through my head and I'm gonna feel it. What track are we gonna hear? Let's do the one that took him years to write. Uh Assassin. And I like this one because there's so many layers to it. Work in the dead of night When the roads are quiet And no one is around To track my moves Racing the yellow lights To find the gate is open She's waiting in the room I just slip on through You get it Get done and then you get gone. You never leave a trace to show your face. You get gone. Should have turned around and left before the sun came up again. But the sun came up again. Over my head and I can hide 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Wolfie on Plains FM 96.9. Thanks for being part of Garden of Sound. As I mentioned earlier, Garden of Sound Live is happening tonight at 7pm. There's still a few tickets available. At the event, I've enlisted the talents of Shannon Jessica, an awesome photographer who has a real gift for live music photography. She's turned out some amazing work during RockQuest, and she's done the same for a huge number of local bands. I thoroughly recommend if you're looking for a gig photographer or something a little different for your next photo shoot, get in touch with her. You can do that through her website. It's shannonjessica.wixsite.com forward slash photo. Or if it's too much for you to note down, head along to gardenofsound.nz and check out the partners page for Shannon's link. Or... Come down to the Exchange Cafe tonight for Garden of Sound Live and you can meet Shannon there. Coming up at the end of the program, I'm going to be playing you my track of the week from a Christchurch local. It's the one and only Lady Six. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Wolfie on Plains FM 96.9. I want to talk about making music. You're a guitarist, you're a keyboard player, um, you sing a little bit, um, you're a producer as well. So uh, tell me, putting together original music, how does it come to you? Primarily, it's always been on guitar first. So it's weird, but I had to learn how to write a melody. Um, and maybe that's because I grew up playing and learning guitar riffs. And never really, like maybe if you play piano as a main instrument, you always tend to play the rhythm and the melody. But guitar, you'd play the riff and then you'd play a solo. So I had to learn. So most of the time I would write a whole song as chords or a riff or a line and then I'd come back to it afterwards. Or I'd just write that and go, I'll just sing monotone over top because <laughs> that's what all the rock people do. Um so yeah I, I started to really try to learn how to write a melody but I've never shifted from primarily being instrument first and then voice or then melody um, and maybe that's just because that's the way I learned I've, I've tried to write write lyrics first or write a melody first but I kind of need a basis to spark off so how do the ideas come into your head at least for the for the riff as it were I tend to write a lot off an idea because I haven't experienced a lot of things yet like for example writing a song because a family member's died and I've been so heartbroken I don't know how to talk about it like I haven't really experienced that and also like I haven't been in, in love at you know I wasn't in love at 18 and then lost the love of my life and wrote about this thing you know so I've had to write about an idea but I'm a very analytical person and so I can get consumed by an idea and it's a way of me to write about it. With that comes probably over emotional like mental health sort of thing like I've got a lot of anxiety and stress and stuff and so a way for me to write is like well what's that I'm actually going through or thinking about and then I write that in the song and maybe and then I would say that I start with going well what's the mood of this thing that's in my head and then I try to come with that out on the guitar so I'll go, well, I want to finger pick for this one or maybe I'm jamming and I'm like, actually, these little chords sound really nice with some finger picking and that changes the idea behind it or the mood behind it. Um, but sometimes I literally just start and other times I go, I want to write a song that has finger picking. And then from there I go, oh, and I've been stuck on this idea in my head for so long and that will fit perfectly with this now that I've been jamming it. Favourite guitar? What's a guitar that you've had for a while that you um, you just love to play? 
I've got, well, probably actually the longest one is my acoustic. I've got a Maton, Australian made one, but I actually won it in a design your own guitar competition 10 years ago. Wow. So, and I don't win anything. <laughs> it was a competition Music Works had, and you could draw a little design on a guitar and send it in, and the winner got it made on a guitar. Um, and I just handed it in as a throwaway because what I understood from the T's and C's, it was pretty much like a draw out of the hat. They'll just go, yep, that one will do. Um, and I drew kind of like my own version of a Maori design, I guess. It wasn't intending to be a Maori design, but everyone said it was, but it was literally just lines. Um, and it won and it was handmade. So it's not one of the shop bought ones, it's a custom made thing. Um, and it's one of the most beautifully played acoustics I've ever played, which is good for me because I've kept using it. <laughs> um, culture is very important. You're from a uh, sort of Dutch heritage. Um, do you think any of that has um, sort of come through in your music writing or your performance? Any of that sort of cultural mm. heritage? I don't know. Like, I'm very much a Kiwi, don't get me wrong. I think the only reason that I have got sort of Dutch culture is because of my grandparents and growing up in a Dutch sort of made church. But I would say that, yeah, the way I write music and I realized it more lately and what a lot of people tell me is it sounds more European. It sounds more like my heritage. But if I write a folk song, it sounds Kiwi, sounds like one of the Finn brothers. So I don't really know, but I think I've got a real mixture. Like if I was to identify with people that when I listen to them, I go, that feels like what I'd want to do. A lot of European, a lot of Dutch DJs and artists and stuff like that. I think it's probably important at this time to um, hear something that you have written. Um, what do you want to play for us today? Well, I reckon Sunset would be good. For me, it's one of the more enjoyable ones to write. It took me a long time. To write it. Any particular part of the song that, that you absolutely love? A bridge, a chorus, a, I don't know, a little lick? The solo is pretty cool. Um, and it's, I know it's a weird thing to say to like your own sound, but when I write a solo that feels like it said everything I wanted to say, then I feel content every time I hear it, which is very hard for me. And music's the only place I tend to feel very content when I've finished writing it. That's awesome. Um, that and, and probably the, the lyrics in the chorus I quite like. Okay, this is Sunset by Wolfie.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Wolfie on Plains FM 96.9. Friday, November 2nd, you're invited to Garden of Sound Live with Malenko, Dear No One and Lotus, three of Christchurch's hottest new bands on one amazing night. Book your advance tickets now at gardenofsound.nz and save. Garden of Sound Live, with thanks to 4YP, Plains FM and Creative Communities. Book now at gardenofsound.nz. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Wolfie on Plains FM 96.9. Have you got any um, favourite projects or anything really rewarding that you sort of sit back and say, yep, nailed it, really enjoyed that? Production, possibly, but I feel like it's getting there. Um, like, I mean, it's been pretty, it's been pretty cool working on Prinza's stuff because it's definitely projected my production further. I'd still think though that my sort of proud achievements has been in musical theater, which is funny. Okay. Working as a session guitarist. Yeah. So what have you played? Uh, what shows have you played on? The last two years I went on tour with a show or last three years technically, but on tour the last two years for a show called That Bloody Woman. And what's that about? It's a th- New Zealand theatre piece written by Luke DeSoma and Gregory Cooper about Kate Shepard and how she got the vote, well, rallied up the women to get the vote in New Zealand. And it's this really cool, like, crass punk rock musical. And I played as a guitarist on stage and we all had to dress up as punks and got to play. And We're talking sort of uh, 19th century punks. Yeah, but it was like... Essentially, we were kind of modernized to look like 70s punk to kind of represent that she was a punk of her era. You know, she stood up to the government and went, this isn't good enough. You know, modern punk doesn't really have that. But that's what the kind of that 70s punk was like. Screw everything. Especially in England when (laughs) lots of fighting over that sort of stuff. Against Thatcher, I presume. Yeah. So she, the premise of the show was like she came back as like a narrator of her life. Um, to talk about what happened and it was this narrative story with song and tongue-in-cheek very powerful like I felt like I was actually one of the things I wanted to do in music was impact people and I felt like we were and I didn't realize how important it was to me until I did the show and going around New Zealand and playing to people that didn't realize how far New Zealand's come and how much we're pushing to be an equal society and even though we struggle with a lot of things at least there's a lot of us that want it to happen, you know, and taking for granted where we've come. So that was really cool to be able to take all of that out of the show. And I think that was a personal goal of mine when I left high school was like, I wanted to tour New Zealand. And I didn't think it would happen in something like musical theatre, but it was the start of me going, wow. Who was playing the lead role in that show? Esther Stevens. And there's a a man called Jeffrey Dolan who played, they called him King Dick. (laughs) Richard Seddon. Yes. I presume. Richard Seddon. Indeed. So they, she was like, she was Kate Shepard. Um, and then he obviously wore this big fur coat and he was the antagonist really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do you have any more desire to do any more uh, perhaps original music theatre? I'm not talking about the Lloyd Webbers and the Claude Michel Schomburg and Alan Bobbill and so on. It was a really interesting experience and I love, I wouldn't like, I feel very blessed to have that opportunity. Um, if I was to do musical theatre full time, I think it would have to be with me writing the music because I am a writer and I find it quite hard sometimes 
if I was to say like do it all year round and play other people's music I really struggle when I want to release my own ideas and try not to be in like a self-absorbed way it's kind of like there's some musicians who absolutely love playing other people's work and that's what they want to do and I admire that and I'm like why do I struggle oh because I want to write it (laughs) so that's the whole thing with Wolfie as well is I want to do original and whether that would be I could get away with not performing if I could at least write for something that was performed. We're approaching the end of 2018. I want to look ahead, let's say three to five years or thereabouts. Where does Wolfie want to be? Not in New Zealand. Why is that? (laughs) Because what I think my creativity allows me to do is bigger then what I've current, I guess like what I feel inspired by is other music everywhere. And in New Zealand, it can be a wee bit tough. And I think this is the thing musicians are struggling with at the moment is that we have a system in place to help us get on our feet as long as we're already on our feet. And a lot of the time it's to keep us in New Zealand playing and writing music. But because we're a small country, you really do have to fit into a certain type of mold. And I think the way my mind processes things and the way I write music, I have, I I do have a place here, but I don't feel like it is encouraging me to be as um, expressive in what I want to be as I could overseas. And so I think in sort of, let's say by the time I was 30, I would like to be playing shows in Europe, you know, as a living. Um, and being able to not be restricted and go, this is exactly what I want to be as an artist, and this is who I want to be, and this is where I want to play, and this is who I want to influence. And I've, yeah, especially the South Island can be tough as well when the North Islanders kind of see that divide. Um, and not saying I'm sitting here wallowing in it because you do have to go and get something if you want it, you know. But I love New Zealand because we kind of do that right we kind of go we're just going to do something and that's why people around the world do love us but at the same time with music it it can be tough very tough is there anyone out there even if it is a producer or perhaps a vocalist or an instrumentalist that you would like to to work with that you've put on your hit list i reckon i'd love to work with dead mouse you're sure it's not dead mouse (laughs) five He wears a mouse helmet. I mean, if you can't figure it out. <laughs> so, dead mouse, yeah. Mainly because he does whatever the hell he wants. And he's very aggressive about it, which puts a lot of people off. But he's like, I'm going to write music. And his production's insane. So, I'd love to work with him for enhancing what I could create as a sound. Um, and then, I think, as a writer, I would even love to work with... Um, a New Zealand export like I'd love to write with Kimbra I think she'd be awesome mm-hmm. because she does whatever takes like her mind goes here and she does it right and that's that's really cool there's someone who inspires creativity not restricts it um, and then probably in terms of European export at the moment I'd quite like to work with Zed he's got a quite a few pop songs at the moment that are massive different to the New Zealand um, okay. Z-E-D-D yeah okay. so he's similar age to me I think yeah probably 28 or something um, I think he's German origin and he has cracked the, the American market. So he's massive over there. But what I like about him is his approach to his songwriting is 
clean and crisp. Everything has its space and every sound pops. It's not just put there for the sake of it. And even though he is massive, he still writes songs that can be listened to as a song as much as a club song. Wolfie, I want to thank you so much for being on Gardener Sound today. We've got another track to play. Um, I'd quite like to hear something maybe a little rockier um, from your personal collection. Is there something that you you <laughs> might have prepared for us? Maybe we should listen to one from my rock trio before uh-huh. I sort of branched out with Wolfie. And remind me what their name was? So we were called Black Fox Trio. Uh-huh. And do you see the other two in the band? Yeah. So um, the bassist, we still hang out lots and the and the drummer he actually runs one of the booking agents here for like fat eddies so oh, fantastic they're called Redlands drum and they help book us bands and that sort of thing so i still run into him every week and help um play shows and that sort of thing so that's cool okay and what track do you want to play let's play mr Selick. <laughs> this is a fun one so where's the influence for that track uh, because when I first started writing it, I got a wah pedal and was like, oh, ah, let's make it sound like a 70s cop show with a yeah. porn moustache. <laughs> a little bit Magnum P.I. Yeah, so technically the lyrical content isn't really about Mr. Salick, but I feel like it fitted the vibe of it. <laughs> No belief, a killer full of deceit You draw me in, then you let go A shadow under your eyes A hidden story to find the doorway into your soul A simple smile becomes reason To twist your own tongue It's like a sickness you can't cure This fire's out of control A battle taking its toll You strike without hesitation But now you're walking away Place to stay, got your head in the clouds. Forced your eyes to see all the pain in me, but no one's around. Oh, as you walk, as you talk, go. Game, but you can't win. So try, but don't be deceived. I'm not to your decree. I'll leave with no reservation. And now you're walking away without a place to stay. Got your head in the clouds. Forced your eyes to see all the pain and pain, but no one's around. Oh, as you walk, as you talk,
Time for my track of the week. It's from Lady Six and it's wickedly put together. This is Diagonals.
for joining me today on the show. Huge thanks to Wolfie for coming to visit. If you'd like to find out what he's up to, then head along to gardenofsound.nz and click on his photo. There are some links too to find out more about Wolfie's original material. And speaking of original material, here's your last chance to get along to Garden of Sound Live. It's happening tonight at 7pm. So if you love live music and you want to support young artists, then buy your tickets right now. Three awesome bands at the Exchange Cafe from 7pm tonight. It's Garden of Sound Live. Just head to gardenofsound.nz to buy those tickets. I'd love to see you there tonight. I'm Ian Turner. Next week on the show, a resident and now restaurateur of beautiful Akaroa. It's Ben Campbell from Zed and Atlas telling me all about what he's got cooking. See you same time next week for Garden of Sound.